That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. everyone welcome to bat force radio a batman slash dc podcast with no limits we got a good one for you tonight man let me get the roster out of the way i got grandpa batman from texas howdy i got robin cross from canada uh boot i got the grumpler from new york grump world order and i got him boys i got cult of the batman live from new york How's how's it going, Colts, man? How's it going, brother? Oh, man, New York, you know, it's great, beautiful. I'm retired, (laughs) (laughs) laying around getting fat. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of fun. fun. Uh, Good times. Thanks for for having me on. I really appreciate it a lot. Anytime, man. This is overdue. Good good to get in touch with you guys again. Colts in Italy right now. Yeah, yeah, the, right. The, the Italian bears out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode of Bad Force Radio is brought to you live on Bear Friday Eve, everyone. Um, we got Bear Friday. Bear Friday. Roar. We got we got a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, man. <laughs> so we got a, so in the bullet points tonight, we're going to discuss a cult of the Batman's legacy. Uh, I'm going to explain that in a little while. But cult is one of the pioneers of true Batman social media, as far as fandoms concerned. But we're going to get into that. Uh, Grandpa Batman's going to recap uh, Fan Expo at Dallas, the con that just passed. Um, we're going to talk the Judas Contract animated movie. We're going to talk um, the wrap up of I Am Bane, Tom King and uh, David Finch on the comic books. Uh, we're going to talk the little buzz going around about Arnold Schwarzenegger saying that he would be interested in playing another Batman villain, and who would it be? Um, and Paul Dini's return to Harley Quinn, and also maybe uh, Bruce Tim, um, Bruce Tim's a uh, Harley Quinn movie coming out too with Batman uh, could coincide with that. Um, so let's get a crack, man. For all you young millennial meme kids that support the show, you know I might break your balls, but we love you. For people that are new, like maybe to fandom or social media, or whatever, just know that um, they're always they're, they're always pioneers with every uh, what do you want to call it? subculture movement or sub movement or whatnot. And our friend Cult of the Batman here was one of the, if as far as I can remember, maybe the original Batman social media account that catered or dealt with real fans, real Batman fandom. We're not talking about reposted collages and memes and all that bullshit that people do just to get followers or attention, but someone who was actually a true lifelong fan who posted comic book hauls and posted questions and posted action figure pictures and not only express you know showed how much passion he had for the character and the batman mythos but also got a lot of people involved in the account that inspired a, a whole lot of great batman accounts to come out and do their thing and and kind of um builds a fort for true fandom that actually stu- stood for something and wasn't just 
regurgitated social media trash or people stealing other people's images or writing or stuff like that. But mm. but true fandom. So mm. without further ado, everyone, not only want to welcome back Cult of the Batman to to the show, but uh, let's t- like Colt, let's talk about like how it all started, man. Sure, man. Uh, first off, thanks again for having me. Um, it seems it's always nice to, to jump on here. Uh, randomly and rarely and um you know chat with you dudes um you know what basically the thing with with me was um when i started instagram um i'd had many years of collecting reading amassed knowledge i had a, a pretty big library um you know just boxes of of merchandise and toys and figures and all sorts of crap and instagram seemed like a great way to share it because um, I don't have a lot of nerds in my life and I think this is almost like a secret shame for me to like Batman aside from the acceptable kind of thing, which would be like a Batman t-shirt hanging out with a bar with friends and they'd be like, Oh, you know, you like Batman, but nobody ever saw how deep it actually went, you know? So like, you know, those 75 graphic novels and, you know, 50 hardcover books and, you know, 700 action figures and boxes, like nobody ever saw that. So I thought, wow, you know. I could start posting these on uh, Instagram and, uh, you know, get some people looking at it. So that's pretty much how it started. I don't know. I mean, I, I never really thought it would take off. I never really wanted to. Uh, I remember thinking at one point if I had like 5,000 followers that that would be like the best thing ever. Mm. Um, and that was, you know, it took a while to get there. But at the same time, like, as you said earlier, you know, I was like, okay, let me ask some trivia questions or let me like, you know, take an action figure pick or let me like, you know, handwrite my own uh, synopsis for this book that I just read. Mm. Um, it had a great balance of everything, which kept kept people so interested. But going back, yeah. how, how did you come up with Cult of the Batman? Because I understand it didn't originally be. No, that there. was not mine. That was not mine. That's uh, that actually I did steal from somebody else. It was um. <laughs> An image from, I think it was uh, the Batman Files, that big sort sort of hardcover, softcover thing. I I remember flipping through it, and um, when I started the account, it was for a very, very short time. Um, It was, I was, um, had another name, and then I saw Cult of the Batman in the book, and I was like, holy crap, that's good. So I thought, what a perfect, like, I wanted to keep it dark. I didn't want to have a mainstream sound. I wanted to be a little bit ominous, so... That that's what I went with. What was it originally called again? Was it? <clears throat> it was uh, Richard Richard John Grayson. Richard John Grayson, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the old yeah. school. Grump remembers that. Grump's from the old yep. school. Man. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yes, called, he, it's yeah, called yeah. Bear of the Batman. Grumps. <laughs> 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 uh, Grumps. Uh, you know, uh, purple. Yeah, Grumps and uh, Purple MZ. Uh, Yesy. They were like, you know. Too like too long time right from the beginning, Man. really really yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's like way yeah, that's crazy going back that five far. years ago. You know, it's like five years of somebody's life. You know, you're doing this thing and you just don't think the that wow. the time's gonna uh, move so quickly. Oh, and you know, yeah. I've experienced like a lot of shit in that five years, including you know deaths and and children being born and like all sorts of shit. And it's just Friend, it's amazing. Friendships, a lot of you know? friendships. Yeah, friendships. Well, I have like, you. To, I have you even to partially a lot of time for. Uh... Being so much in debt, so thanks. Uh, <laughs> a, a, lot, a lot of time has even passed since the day that we started the Bat Force, and uh, a lot of people probably uh, don't know this, but when the Bat Force started, 
Cult of the Batman was uh, was one of the originals. Yeah, he was one. He was one of the bricklayers yeah. of the foundation, man. Found it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny, and and that whole thing spawned one day. When I was hanging out with Bat Crap in Williamsburg, uh, <laughs> hipster central, <laughs> we're, 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 we're having a we're having a coffee on the sidewalk, and he's talking about like as a, as a response, as a um, sort of a, th- a thumbing, uh, collective thumbing of noses at people who go the cheap route mm-hmm. by uh, plagiarizing and stealing other people's work and posting other people's images, yeah. um, and being glib and smug about it to get a few people together who really truly know their shit yeah. people who've actually picked up a book and read it people yeah. can actually you know uh cite a storyline from 1981 that they've read yeah. you know and share it willingly and happily and non-judgmentally with others mm. um you know and just get a bunch of people together and be immature and be you know idiots and have fun and enlighten people and so that's you know that that was that was what the bat force was yeah and still is still is it was a vision and that was just you know the way back it's it's gone from from then till now it's just crazy but and only only a few years right yeah first been about three years yeah now now we work with the whole industry it's crazy yes yes what you guys have achieved is just mind-blowing but you know we always wanted to oh you know stand our ground even today with the true essence of fandom you know read the stuff or get more involved don't just be another shit shit talking me movie goers Mm -hmm. add (laughs) generation just you know there's so much more to it there's a lot of fun that this generation could pass on to the next generation about you know the the, the fun of it all and what it's good for and how 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 it brings people together i know it sounds cheesy but i was thinking um about like i see images of people at cons and man you you have like so many different every ethnic background and and religion and jews and muslims and and everyone they're all waiting in line to get their shit signed you know people always talk about unity today and what brings people together who be in that you know it, at the end of the day it all sounds like a bunch of bullshit but like in fandom it really it actually does bring people together and and it's funny because comic books and fandom this kind of stuff is something that everyone's allowed to enjoy no matter who you are no matter what your even religious background is you're this is something you're allowed to enjoy in Delvin, and I think that's that's really awesome because a lot of people go through a lot of shit out there, and there's nothing better than some healthy escapism for a lot of people, you know, to just zone out and, and enjoy this yep. shit. Because I think people need it more than ever these days. You throw on the news, and then you get a oh, you, you get your reality all in one spoonful, don't you? So, uh, yeah. But but going back to the cult of the Batman days, yeah, man, I remember. Um, yeah, it was cool because like. First of all, the title was really Cult of the Batman. It's like back then when Instagram in 2012, I think Instagram was still fairly, felt fairly new. And I think when you follow Cult of the Batman, you actually felt like you were joining the Cult of the Batman. Like, oh, shit, this is the Cult of the Batman. Other people who like Batman, too, you know, let me follow it. And like that was it was a really mm-hmm. cool experience. And you and you were you were really um, dedicated. You were daily. You were doing maybe two, three posts daily too. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, on a slow day, I would do like eight posts. And... Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. and they were like, all kind of different, which was kind of cool. Like you had, you know, you you had like a, a hole. You had some action figures. You had a tidbit. You had a question. You had this and that. It was, it was so well the done. Bat <laughs> the bat tarot. The bat tarot. Yeah. yeah, one of my uh, more inspired moments. Yeah. So, so in retrospect, <laughs> look, looking at um your account, the time span of it from birth to death, but or retirement, I should say, yeah. Like, how, how do you feel about it all collectively? Like, 
Well, you, you know, it's weird. Uh, you know, so I start. I started it um, on Bill Finger's birthday um, in 2012, uh, February February eighth, 2012. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. You know, about about a year before I I retired, um, I was kind of starting to lose my steam with it. I'm thinking that how can I keep saying, you know, anything new or exciting? Uh, I feel like it sort of ran its course. So then I decided that February 8th of 2017 would be my last post. And so I, um, you know, I just I got some great shout outs from you guys and other people uh, that I was following or following me. I mean, I felt so much love. Um, but, but by the end, I was actually really sad about about uh, ending the account. Um, had a coworker. Uh, about two weeks after I deleted the account, um, a coworker called me out in a really angry way. And he said, you're such a fucking asshole. Why didn't you at least leave it up for people <laughs> to look at? And, and I was like, I, I started laughing and he was like, dude, I'm serious. He's like, you're, you're such a dick for doing that. He goes, it was really uncool. <laughs> he walked away from me. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, you know, I, I, I didn't realize I'd, you know, hurt his feelings, you know, that badly, but, uh, you know, it had to end. It had to end, so it did, and I had a great time doing it. I remember definitely when I first joined the the Instagram. You know, your your account was definitely one that I looked up to, and I was like, man, this guy is really popular, and he posts really cool stuff. That um, I didn't have a, a huge collection at that time. Um, I still had some books and stuff, but it really got me interested in learning more and more and collecting more and more, and. Um, getting really back into you know the fandom i guess uh after being away for so long so i i looked at your account and i was like every day you know i'd look at it and find something new that interests me or you know i really liked how you take questions or answer people that wanted to find out more so uh, mm. I, I really looked up to that and i really enjoyed the account that's awesome man it's awesome thank you thank you so much you you, you even had a period of uh, helping single bat fans uh, find somebody. <laughs> I did. I did. Cult of the bat singles or something. That, that will be my, but that will be the one I will be mocked for like years after my death. Wouldn't it be crazy though if a child was born because of a hookup oh, on your account? Dude, I never even oh, thought shit. of that. You just blew my mind. <laughs> no, well, no. Here's the thing, man. You know, like I was like, you know, I tried to, you, you know, one thing, you know. You guys are just talking about it already that like I, I did kind of start a, a community and that was a very concerted effort on my part to create a community um, where people could just, you know, talk about whatever and um, everybody was included. Um, so I would try out different things like I had a couple contests, I think three contests where I probably dropped like 100 bucks or more of my own money each time on these contests and shipping out all this crap to people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, one of these ideas, like, you know, I would do the Arkham City Tarot, which was like uh, uh, all the Arkham figures from D.C. got their own little, like, you know, feature and uh, multiple pictures of them. And then I was like, oh, let's get let's get some single people hooking up on here. So <laughs> it didn't go too well, but uh, it was well intentioned. Uh, I'll tell you that um, one. There's one dude who I think hashtagged like 50 times his own oh, okay. picture, which kind of put a, he sullied the, uh, the whole concept, oh, but yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever we sell it. We laugh about it. Don't we? 
<laughs> At least I'm. I'm. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll always have incessantly, the ha- we'll, we'll constantly. Always, we'll always have the hashtags. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, you know, it, it's been great. It's been great to meet you guys. It's been great to um, to have spent that time, like you know, really connecting with other Batman fans and learning things from other Batman fans and. Mm. You know, just sharing, like seeing, being inspired by people uh, taking action figure pics or posting a book that they had that I'd never read before. You know, so it was all, it was super like a, a back and forth, a real fluid kind of uh, relationship with everybody. Um, and, you know, you, you would get a couple dicks uh, every now and then as the account grew. You get people that were haters or, you know, talk shit and, you know, you just shut them down and... Mm. You know, you just move on. Because the social media now is so congested and mm-hmm. cluttered and f- littered with all of these fake wannabe DC official accounts that just post yeah. each other. Official, <laughs> official. Like, yeah. like when you were doing your thing in the beginning, like oh, 2012, there wasn't, there were a few, but wasn't that there weren't that many at all. And 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 that was kind of nice because uh, I felt like there was more of a there, there were more fans around and less of the bullshit. And now it's just, I think there's still a lot of fans around, but there's just so many of these stupid meme accounts that it's just cluttered so it's it's hard to filter between yeah. people you actually want to follow and talk to and people who like are just some 12 year old you know scouring the internet for the next you know collage pick to get followers whatever like which batman do you like better the one with short ears or longer ears? choose <laughs> one i'm like go f- her <laughs> mother- <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah that's yeah yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So what was it that, that made you want to retire? The main thing, was it like you, you felt it, it's, it's run its course or you just didn't feel like you wanted to keep up with it as much as you used to anymore? Or yeah, yeah, I felt like I was kind of, um, I felt like I was neglecting the account. It was getting to the point where I was only posting like, I don't know, once a week or once, if, if even that, you mm-hmm. know, like long stretches were going by where... Um, you know, me, behind the scenes, I was still super active, like, yeah. you know, eternally active in the world of Batman, seeing movies and reading and stuff like that. But I was just spending less time on Instagram sharing it. Mm. Um, and then I just thought, you know, I should probably just put an end to this thing because it's just like, I don't want it to die a slow, awful death. Yeah, you, like, you, you yeah. felt like so, you weren't given in its due. The, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I, true. I mean, I just like, you know, this was my baby and I was neglecting it and yeah. it was time to send it off to college. So yeah. <laughs> and off it went. Well, it's, I, you know, it's, it's weird. I always have fond memories of uh, the, the account, especially the early days because it really was one of a kind, man. It was a cool account. It was it, it really inspired a lot. Like, yeah, you know, I want to you know, interact in this way too. Because when we were all growing up, we never had anything. We didn't have social media, you know, fucking old no. shit. But so it's like to interact this way from from the time we're from when we first discovered it. It was just so much fun to connect with people that way. So, yep, I think yep. I think it's a tribute to uh, cults, uh, personality, and, and welcoming people, and yeah, uh, just you know, being friendly. And per- I was. The first time I met him, I was like starstruck. This is fucking cold. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually talking to me. And, and know, little did I you mean, know that at the same time he was thinking, "Wow, this is the grumpler." Exactly. <laughs> the first thing I called thought was, "Wow, that guy's a bear." <laughs> Badass bear. <laughs> the teddy bear. Uh. <laughs> total teddy bear man i thought you were gonna like rip my arms off but you were like super cool remember uh there was that the uh the apple store in soho 
there was going to be a signing there. It was, uh, who was it, Jim Lee and Jim Lee, Scott Snyder? Scott Snyder, yeah. And you were like, hey, let's meet up there. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to meet somebody from, uh, you know, I think I'd met Yessie already. I'd met with Purple I, Z. I saw you at the, the, the Batman 75th panel. With, uh, was that the one we met yeah, at? Yeah, with Kevin Conroy and um, Kevin Smith and all the Okay, that yeah. was the one. That was the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. And that was cool. Like, you know, it's just like, I'm not a guy that, like, goes to meet, you know, I don't like to meet strangers. I don't like crowds of people. Yeah. That's why I never go to Comic-Con. I'm just like, I'm more the the loner type. But if I get a couple friends like I have with like, you know, uh, you know, you and Grumpler and Yessie and I met Gramps and Gramps is fucking awesome. I'd love to meet, you know, I'd love Hell to yeah, meet Yeah, Gramps Robin. is the bomb, boy. Trunkler. I Gramps, gotta, yeah. Gramps is the yeah, bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I got to meet Robo Rich. I just, you know, I got to meet... Everybody, Trunkler, all, all you guys. I, oh, I want to meet someday everybody. Oh, man. That yeah, I got to I gotta get my ass out to New York one day. Yeah, that's yeah you should. It's you should, be, man. Be, we'll, we'll have to go um, crash Tom's house, too, one day in California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, baby. Snowbirded out there, you know? Well, if, you could change, if you could change anything or one thing going back, what would you change? Or, or if um, not, You mean with... Uh, with? With the account uh, or how you did business? Account? Yeah. I would do nothing different with my account <laughs> you would, wouldn't do the uh, single step <laughs> i would do the same shit over <laughs> uh, I, would, I would pick the same fights with the same assholes i picked fights with yeah. um <laughs> and you know meanwhile any of these fights i had like and i you know i've had a few rows with people and it was always me defending someone yeah. like it was always me defending somebody that some asshole would speak out about mm. um and talk shit about and i would come to the defense of like somebody i didn't even know and it would turn into this whole big thing. Um, I would uh, eliminate. I would. I would make it illegal for someone to use an account that DC doesn't own. For example, Batman on Instagram. Yes. Yes. I don't think. I don't think some Chinese dude in California who's a tech guy should be able to use, or anybody should be able to use, uh, the name Batman and post the shit that they post. Mm, yeah uh you know like two-year-old memes and uh you know mm. just garbage garbage mm. dealing from other people's pages and not crediting them mm. you know I, I fucking hate that type of account yeah yeah I hear you man remember you remember when you said you were going to be batman official official yeah <laughs> officially <laughs> batman official right official yeah. like five times <laughs> yeah. yeah but you, you know what at the end of the day they they just dissolve into one another don't they like it's yeah, just a, you yeah. know what i mean if you think about it there's no there's no edge to their account there's no personality to it it's just it's just a bunch of kids running it i used to you know i thought about that after a while i'm like eh, it doesn't matter because we never the whole point of one of the main points of us was to stand out and actually yep. be authentic not like some of these other idiots but well, yes, you just said it. it's all about personality or lack of lack thereof with so and, many and, of these and, uh, and, co and community too communities yeah like, the most fun you have you have out of this hobby is when you connect with other people, you know. And yep. That's yep. otherwise totally. otherwise really not fun. What are you gonna be like? You're just gonna be by yourself with you know reading stuff and you know not discussing it or talking about other shit. It's just the whole point is really yeah. connecting with people if you really think about it and, and having fun. So. Yeah. And that's what we were yeah. always about, you know. Even to this day, like you know, we stand on ground with it and, and always want to be authentic and, and consistent and fun. Home home of the trunkler, man. You guys have all established yourselves as. You know, super clear and super strong personalities, each different from the other, but you know, like all this, 
this uh, coalescence that, that just worked out so smoothly. Uh, uh, we so really nicely. appreciate that. But uh, <laughs> I got a question. Do you, do, do you like the regular New York oh. shit pizza or the Chicago deep? And so to, did you go out the way, did you retire the way you wanted to? No, you know, I wish, I wish, ideally, I would have liked for when everyone saw my last post, their phone to explode in their faces. <laughs> That I think that did happen for a few people. Just, just their phones melt, you know? Just a, yeah. I cried. No, not, I cried. <laughs> did you cry? Yeah, I did cry. It was a sad day. I, I actually got up that day, put on all black, because it felt like a funeral. So, you know. yeah. Well, you know that last post I did with that, that like burning image of the uh, the cult uh, symbol? Yeah. And that, that actually fucking blew up in my face, because I actually burned... I lit this piece of paper with lighter fluid. Oh shit! And then torched it and uh, put a piece of glass on top of the image, and put my laid my phone on top of the piece of glass. Um, Dedication. And yeah, I was. I mean, it's you know, I did a couple experiments and then I ended up singeing my hand (laughs) and my eyebrows and the glass almost shattered. And it was just yeah, like I was way too close. (laughs) No, no, I didn't. I didn't get a new phone. Thankfully, but uh, yeah, you know. And then the final edit didn't come out is uh as cool as I wanted it to. It should have been longer. But your love for you're you're still involved with like the Batman comics and collecting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I uh, cut down my collecting like a a drastic amount. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm reading comics online. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oops. I I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. (laughs) Uh, I'm reading my comics online now and enjoying it. And, uh, you know, still I'm picking up the omnibuses, omnibuy. I don't know what the word is. So I want, I want to know, have we seen the last of cult of the bat? What what exactly does that mean? (laughs) Uh, Have we seen the last or will he return one day? Uh, I don't know. Probably, I don't know. Probably not. Probably, maybe. Yes. No. All the all the all the fake news is going crazy. Call that a Batman's return. Call the caveat only fake news, fake wrong. That, that's that's a very Tony Romo answer. Thanks. <laughs> the, the, once in, the once in future cult. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have Killian Conway uh, release a press statement tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> Alternative facts. Well, well wah, wah. you know, we always tell you kids that if the cult of the Batman's alive in your heart, then then there's always a post <laughs> out there. There's always a hashtag out there. But uh, just to move right along, real quick, Gramps just want to debrief us real quick with Fan Expo from Dallas. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, this last week was the big Fan Expo convention here in Dallas. Um, had a lot of big celebrity names, and it also had a lot of comic creators. Like this was the first con. I can remember here in Dallas in a while that I think would challenge like San Diego Comic Con, the Wonder Con, the New York, the big cons that get all the attention. Because I mean, Dallas is not the hubbub of of the convention scene, but it's getting better every year. They're adding more and more and more. This year, I really think that um, Dallas kicked ass. <laughs> Coincidentally, it was on the same weekend as WonderCon in in Los Angeles, and uh, Tom was sending me a text saying, Snyder going to be there? Is Capullo going to be there? Jim Lee's going to be there? All these people are going to be goes, fuck, I'm not even going to go to WonderCon. There's no not going to be anybody there. They're all in Dallas. I was like, I know. They they all love that barbecue. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, they had the Walking Dead um, actors, Norman Reedus and Jeffrey Dean Morgan 
um, Adam West. It was supposed to be Adam West and Burt Ward's last Texas appearance. Um, who else? They had Tim Curry, that um, you know, famous for Rocky Horror Picture Show and It, and you know, they had um, tons of other actors. I, I'm sorry, I threw away my brochure, but um, I, I always love watching what you guys get at Fan Expo Dallas because it's always a really good barometer for what we're going to have at Fan Expo Toronto. Yeah, you're right. And um, yeah, you know, like last year, you know, they announced Frank Miller. So you were excited because Frank Miller was going to come to Toronto. So uh, yeah, it it was a good time. This was the first time that I ever got a three-day pass. Oh, and primarily because they also had Mark Hamill. That brought out all the Star Wars people, all the Batman animated series and Arkham fans. I mean, he was a huge hit because he also was a featured panelist for Friday and Sunday. Friday, it was a panel of him by himself. And you had, uh, you know, just general admission was like 20 bucks. And the place was packed. And um, it was really neat to hear him talk because he is such an animated speaker. Um, You know, if you've heard him on the on the Kevin Smith podcast, you you know he's a talker. I mean, you ask him one question, and it'll be a 15-minute answer. Um, they had to do a two-parter interview with Kevin Smith because he talked for four straight hours, you know? And he was doing uh, answering questions and talking about Star Wars stuff, of course. And then he would talk about, you know, his how he started doing Joker and how – you know, he originally didn't want to do Joker. He really just wanted to just be any character that they offered for the Batman the Animated Series. Um, he really likes Clayface because Clayface is an actor and Clayface is so diverse and he can do all sorts of, you know, different voices for it. And didn't uh, didn't he not think that they would let him be Joker because he was Luke Skywalker? Yeah, he was just like, you know, they're not going to let me be Luke Skywalker. You know, they don't want, um, you know, somebody like me doing this. Um, so he didn't have any, you know, reservations. He wasn't nervous. He just kind of went in there and kind of did the audition on a whim. And, um, you know, they called him back and he was like, okay, what part do you want me to be? And they're like, well, we want you to be the Joker. And he was just like, oh shit. Now I got to really dial it in. He's like, I don't even remember what I did. I'm going to the studio my first day to record. And I go, I don't even remember how I laughed. And they brought back his reference tapes, and he goes, oh, okay, yeah. And it was so crazy to literally watch him physically transform into the Joker when he does his voice. And it just goes to show, you know, back in those days, all the actors and actresses would literally be in one studio acting off one another. So if they can see how he is, it's just going to make their portrayal and their, their acting that much better. It was crazy to watch him turn into the Joker and talk and laugh and he sang happy birthday to somebody <laughs> and i mean it, it was just nuts um so much fun and he literally talked until they about turned the lights out so that was friday saturday i had a uh i actually bought the the photo opportunity with him and that was at like eleven forty-five. so i got there at the crack of dawn on saturday because scott snyder and greg capullo were also going to be there so I got in line uh, for the signing, and then I'm looking on Twitter, and I see that Greg Capullo was having some flight problems. Philadelphia, there were some bad storms in Philadelphia, so his flight was canceled and delayed. So it was just going to be Scott. 
and they literally capped the line off at 100 people. But for some damn reason, the lines were going so fucking slow. It was unbelievable. And I didn't even get close to the signing booth. So I had to get out of line to go to my photo opportunity. But, you know, I, I, I kind of I knew that they were going to be back on Sunday. I saw Greg's Twitter um, that he was he had finally landed and he was going to be at the signing on Sunday. So I really wasn't worried so much about that. But um, had a photo opportunity with Hamill. I mean, literally, it's like three seconds. You better have your smile ready while you're walking up there because it's like <laughs> it's like one, two, three, smile, click. Thank you. Have a good day. I had bought a Sunday photo opportunity for my wife for The Walking Dead. Norman Reedus, who plays Daryl, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan. We bought a Sunday pass for her. Well, about a week ago, I got an email that said, Due to their filming uh, requirements, they have to leave. They're not going to be avail- available for Sunday. So you can either take a late Saturday photo opportunity or get a refund. And um, we decided, okay, yeah, we'll take the Saturday. I think about 3,000 other people took that option too because Saturday was a nightmare. I mean, it was definitely more packed than like a, a New York Comic Con day. It was so congested. I didn't even have time to like do any uh, browsing through the uh, aisles, the merchants or the art uh, artist alley, because you couldn't walk anywhere. There were so many damn people there. Lines for everything were so long. It was amazing. I was, I'd never seen a Dallas convention like that. And we literally had to wait three hours in line for the photo for the walking dead guys. And three uh, hours, three hours. And what's crazy is that we started, we got in line about five o'clock between the Mark Hamill panel and uh, getting in line for that. I actually went to a panel for uh, Scott Snyder by himself. And, um, you know, he, he talked a lot. About, he said a lot of the same things he did on our, our uh, interview with him on our podcast. Um, because people, you know, they kind of want to know how he got into comics and, and about all-star Batman and, and then he kind of <laughs> he started dropping little uh, little hints about the the metal arc that's coming out this summer. But they had this was before they announced it officially, so they were like, "You got to promise you can't say anything about this." And you know, he's just he's just spilling the beans right there. And I was just laughing because that's what he loves to do. He loves to talk about his work, so yeah. um, he can't help himself. It's, it's so funny. So that was really cool. Then my wife showed up, and we. We got in line. Oh, okay. Here's what's crazy. We got done with the photos at like eight o'clock, right? I'm exhausted. I've been on my feet all day. And then about eight thirty, we see on Twitter that they left the convention, catch the flight out of Dallas because there had been some bad storms coming in, and they didn't want to get, you know, stuck here in Dallas. So we got lucky to get that photo because a lot of people waited in line like four, three or four hours, and then got their orders canceled. So that sucks for them. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, she put that photo up on our mantle like it's a damn family photo now. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to look at those guys every day. <laughs> that's okay, because I got to stand next to Jeffrey Dean Morgan, so, you know, that's like Thomas, Thomas Wayne, right? Thomas Wayne, man, hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Thomas that's Wayne, cool. The, the comedian. Yeah. Well, I knew that I wanted my book signed by Snyder and Capullo, so I got up again at the crack of dawn, drove in on Sunday. I got there before the doors even opened, got in line. As soon as they opened the doors at like 9.30, I had to hurry and kind of hustle around the corner and get 
in the signature line immediately. And literally the signature line capped off in two minutes. And I mean, there were guys that had just got there and they were like, so sorry, it's closed off. And these dudes were pissed and I understand. And so, but luckily I got in line and I got a ton of stuff signed by Greg and, and Scott. They were gracious enough to do that. It was, it was funny because I brought this, uh, what if daredevil had killed the kingpin Marvel comic. I wanted Greg to sign that because it was his first professional job with Marvel. It's the book that got his foot in the door and then helped start his long legendary career. And he saw that and he was like, whoa, this, you know, this is really cool. This takes me back. And he's sitting there telling Scott all about the backstory about how he got the job and who he, what he had to do to, uh, you know, get it, who he submitted his uh, test drawings to and all this stuff. And so that was really neat. I mean, he took the time to make that a, a really awesome meeting. Both of those guys, I got my Batman number one signed by both of them, a couple other books signed by him. And then I got all of the dark Knight three variant covers signed by Greg. I'm hoping somehow whenever nine comes out that I can get that too, to finish the collection. Um, what else did I do on Sunday? Oh, Sunday, you know, there was hardly anybody there. I mean, there was literally like a fifth of the crowd on Sunday that had been there Saturday. So it was really nice. I could actually go around and meet some artists. I met Eduardo Russo and Jai Lee. Got some artwork and signatures from them on some books. Also had Scott sign my Black Mirror Noir book. That So now that's signed by Snyder, Jock, and Francisco Francavilla. All three of those nice, guys. Nice. Um, cool. Yeah. It sounds like you planned out this trip really well. You know, like it seems like you had like a uh, the whole route you were going to take. Oh, man. You know? when, when I saw Graham sent New York Comic Con, man, he had a backpack. Dude, I had Fucking... that backpack filled with more shit this time. <laughs> dude, dude, and you, I'm could, telling you. you could barely li- – he had a, a trade for every – he like had every fucking trade <laughs> there was. It was crazy, dude. I did. Fucking dude, I'm telling it, you, man. Yeah. my – backpack was so full of shit <laughs> my, my shoulder is still sore from that damn backpack oh yeah the, I, I call that con shoulder con yeah shoulder. dude con my shoulder is still fucked up con shoulder you got i'm glad i'm glad, glad you got your zoo gram said fan expo man yeah it, it, i was you know saturday was a nightmare because i mean you know it's crazy how just two guys having to reschedule something can have that much impact but that's why they wanted the, those guys there because they they sold that many tickets for photo and autographs and um this was the first time that i felt like dallas really stepped up and and really kind of matched some of the draw and some of the names that i see at other these other major cons so robin i hope uh toronto's just as good yeah they have a pretty good history of uh of bringing in names for the Toronto one as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I think is a, a, a bit of a missed opportunity, not that most people would uh, even think of it, but the fact that Fan Expo had both Mark Hamill and Curry there, uh, I would like to have the two of them in a panel together because Curry oh, was shit. actually the voice of Joker on the animated series oh, before Hamill was. Sh- oh, shit. See, Curry well, got staring at I don't him. know. He didn't look like he was in that good health. No, uh, is he still in a wheelchair? Yeah. Yeah. What Damn, happened dude. To him? He had a stroke. Uh, I think he had a stroke, yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. That's Pennywise, looked, man. I know. I, I looked at some photos that people <laughs> took with him. I was like, you paid money for that? Damn. Wasn't, wasn't he in Clue? 
Cult? Was he in Cult? He was. In he Cult. was in Clue. He was in Legend. Yeah, he, he played was Darkness in Legend. in Legend. He was great, man. He, uh... You know what's crazy about this con? I, I mentioned this to somebody, and it was crazy that at all these cons, there's always such a strong DC presence. And I'm not trying to make this a DC Marvel blah 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 thing, but it's just. You know, I kind of I noticed that, and I was like, you know, there's Jim Lee, there's Scott Snyder, there's Greg Capullo, there's Eduardo Russo, there's Jai Lee, there's all these DC guys, mm. and the only person that was there representing like Marvel was 94 fucking year old Stan Lee, <laughs> <laughs> and I think Adam Kubert was there. But I was like, that man, he outworks the whole lineup of creators for Marvel. I was like, well, I, I, I'm afraid that when that man dies, they're just going to still put his corpse around him. And take <laughs> that's, him to that's, that's, that's and, the big joke that people are going to like prop him up like weekend, yeah. weekends at Bernie's and like, <laughs> Marvel. move his head. Prop him up for photo ops. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, my God. Uh, but that's, that's one thing I noticed is like, you know, how DC, and I know, I don't know if it's the company DC pushing these guys out there and stuff like that, but the guys that, you know, that work for them, they really invest their time and yeah. pressing the flesh with their readers. And, I, you know, I told Scott, I was like, you know, that means a lot to me yeah. as a consumer. I don't know why yeah. Marvel isolates themselves so much, even with the Big Bang Theory, where they, they they didn't want anyone else putting merch up in the background other than theirs, and that got tanked. It's it's very obvious. Look, you know, yeah. go to your con next time and look around and see who's there. Oh, you're just like it's NYCC always runs. Uh, DC always runs NYCC. But also, um, what did you guys think about uh, Marvel Comics blaming fans for low sales this week? You know, not, I don't I don't appreciate them basically calling comic readers. I'm basically racist. They leave sexist racist. I was just like, you know, that's not cool. And that they're backpedaling too. I was thinking that they're blaming the. F I, I I asked them. I go, you know, I'd feel like shit if DC was like, oh, you're the reason sales are so low. How 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 could that make you feel as a as a someone who buys your books? DC knows how to treat their fans great. They really do. And they and I'm really glad they're kicking ass in the comic book game right now. I don't know what people say. Marvel puts their books like last in their movies first now they don't give a shit about the books or whatever and it's kind of becoming more evident because it seems like they're just trying anything to get the sales up for that month and then just you know get rid of it the next month or whatever my thoughts uh just just real quick i feel that dc has always been more of a progressive company and i feel like that they've always um they've started to sort of straddle lines with uh gender and in race and sexuality they've been doing this stuff for a long time right. and um and i feel like they do it in a, a way that's really tasteful yeah. in a way that's very um like with uh batwoman maybe yeah batwoman and back remember back in the day when uh, uh flash's buddy pipe piper came out to him mm. uh as a gay man and and flash sort of freaked out for like a hot minute and he's like no no i'm sorry i reacted that way this is really cool mm. i you know i just didn't expect that from you that was like back in the 90s right um yeah. But you know, so they've always been dabbling in that with in, with race and there the imprint they did that had uh, who was that kid? The black kid, Shockwave, uh, Static Shock, Static Shock, Static Shock yeah. yeah. So yeah, so like you know, I feel like they've always been um whatever dipping their toe in the water there, and I yeah. don't think Marvel ever really does that too much. They don't, and then they just throw it in your face like uh, that, yeah, that, that new well, book, uh, America. It's like this is the first. Latina lesbian superhero, and I, I think the writer is Latina, like is Latin and a lesbian as well, and and that's all mm -hmm. good and all. No, you know, much respect to her, but what I'm saying is, it's almost like instead of being subtle about it, they're like, 
look, look at this book. This is the first this and that. Yeah. It's just well, yeah. the way it was done, it seemed like it was you know a force-fed agenda. Mm, and, sure. Sure. You know, I don't. No one really likes someone standing on a pulpit, kind of you know pushing their agenda down on someone. And uh, one thing that I, I put out a tweet the other day is like, you know which one Marvel book is out there that's actually doing really well, that's embracing diversity? Look at Daredevil. He's always been that way. And not just because I'm a fan, but, I mean, you got Charles Soule, who, our friend Charles Soule, who he actually created a new character that is of a you know, different ethnic background and mm. different socioeconomic status and made him actually interesting instead of let's change daredevil to a different gender or a different yeah, race exactly you know that's, yeah, that, that's that's where dc hits the mark better uh marvel spends a lot of time replacing a character like thor with a female character or like or, iron man right mm -hmm. uh, yeah over and over again whereas mm -hmm. when dc wanted to expand a bit look at their current green lantern core they introduced simon baz and Jessica, Jessica Cruz, Cruz. yeah, Jessica and they're Cruz. and they're both doing great, and not uh, they now have them together carrying a title. I love Jessica that's, Cruz. That's the point I was going to bring up, Gramps, uh, and and Daredevil is uh, you know uh, a handicap yeah, as handicap. well, um, but um, you know Marvel patronizes you like, oh look, we got a black Captain America, you guys should be happy. You know what? Fuck you. Here, we made Iron Man a black girl. You're welcome. Yeah, it's, no, yeah. give me a new character and, and uh, you know, market the new character and push the new character. And, oh, and, and that's what DC does and has done for a while. There's Oracle, there's uh, Batwoman, John Stewart from the 70s, yeah. Black Lightning. Look at Mother Panic. You know, that's a new character yeah. that is seen. You know, you can tell that there are some different demographics involved with this character, and they built a new imprint to put her on to kind of, you know, ease her into the DC world and let her let her exist almost separately, but then tie her into the main characters in a way. Mm. I mean, that was a really cool way of doing that. That's the way it should be done instead of changing. You know, and then character. once that character starts actually selling some books and people react positive to it, then bring it into the main, you know, books yeah. and then you've got a perfect cohesive new character instead of just force feeding an agenda down your throat to appease, exactly. um, yeah. you know, some millennial meme kids. Yeah. They wasted an opportunity with existing characters. Uh, when the Civil War movie came out, there was no hotter character in the heat of that movie than Black Panther. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everyone was so excited about Black Panther, and they let that comic die. Like I work at a comic shop, and nobody's reading Black Panther. Mm. His book was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> you know, I live in. I, and it was garbage. Uh, I live in Dallas, and like to your point, you know, it's perfect. It's like being in Dallas. There's a large Hispanic community down here. A lot of my friends are Hispanic, but they don't have anybody that they can really identify with. Yeah, in the comic sense. That's yeah, they're yeah, they're underrepresented too. Because when they think diversity, they think got to make them black. But no, there's more you know there's more racial profiles than black to put in comic books. That's what that's what I was always going on about. Like I think Jessica Cruz was definitely a step in the right direction. Who we yeah. have Jeff Johns to thank for that, right? She becomes a lantern because she's fearless. She's Latina and she's fucking awesome. That's the way to do it. You know, yeah. now, now give yeah. us like an Asian, like, give us some, you know, just balance it out more if you want if you want to be quote unquote diverse and then just don't don't only 
a piece to one race or whatever you want to call it. So, so I have a question um, tying into all this. Uh, then there's a new uh, Superman book. It may or may not have been canceled already, but it's uh, the Chinese character is, is the lead. And I'm just wondering if that's still around. Is it doing well? Have you still read it? Around. I heard that was good. It, it, it is still going. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't been reading it because there are just too many things to read. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people have been saying it's like the, the best Superman book since like Morrison was doing Superman. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, I've heard okay, good things cool. about that too. On the There's so much stuff out there that even the good stuff is like, it gets tangled, but uh, let's slide into um, Paul Dini returning to Harley Quinn, doing yes. backups now. Now Paul Dini's doing backups for Amanda Connor and Jimmy. Is that what's happening? That's right. Uh, issue seventeen of Harley that uh, just came out this week. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul does the backup story in that. Uh, it's called Harley Loves Joker, and uh, it's it's actually written by Paul Dini and Jimmy Palmiotti. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's very much uh, in the animated series style, uh, as close to it as you're going to expect uh, current Harley comics to now, get. Now I see a trend going on, and I know you guys could probably see it too. Who was ever paying attention? I see a trend where we've been seeing a lot more of the j hints of the Jester outfit within books and well, obviously merch, but like the books here and there, there's been a recent cover, I think with Frank Cho or something, or it's been popping up more and more. And now they got Dini on the backups with Jimmy or whatever. Um, I think I think DC's listening, but they're you know doing it. I think they're they're trying to return Harley more to her roots. You could see them doing it subtly, though. You know what I mean? Because I know like you guys break my balls about it, but I am <laughs> far from the only one. I mean, you go on Twitter, you will see that there are so many people complaining to DC and the writers and everything about the shitty writing in that book and that she's you know. Her outfit sucks. Bring her back to Gotham. This time and third. But is it still selling though? I heard it's slumping, Robin. Yeah. It, if if you look at uh, those February uh, sales numbers, it was not in the top ten. I I don't remember if it was even in the top twenty. Yeah. Uh, anymore at this point. Uh, I can check that up pretty quick. Truth here. is, I'm I'm hoping this bubble pops right now because like. You, you you see how many statues they announced for Harley Quinn this year? It's ridiculous. Just over flooded oh, with Harley merch. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? This stuff takes away from us getting a new free statue or a new Two-Face statue or a new Mad Hatter figure or something like that. It's like, no, that's right, why they canceled right. all the DC icons. That's man. why they canceled DC icons, most likely. Yeah, that's it's, it's stuff like that that happens where they're like, well, what's making money and what is? If this bubble pops... Then and it'll force yeah, here we go. I, I I just looked it up. So for February, Harley Quinn was uh, Harley Quinn number thirteen was number twenty nine. The stories are just so goofy. I mean, there is a trend. Dini's back on it, so it should be interesting to see how it, it's kind of weird. Why does Jimmy and Dini need? Why do you need both of these guys to write a backup though? That ma that makes no sense to me. Because it's like, yeah. first of all, backup is short. And second, you need two writers, yeah. two established writers to fucking. I don't know. I don't get that. And uh, when, when when one of them created Harley, does he really need someone else to help him do it? Let, yo, that's let, that's Jimmy yeah. Palmiotti saying, "Yeah, you do need my help. I'm going to write this story with you because <laughs> he doesn't have the decency to let this guy write a brilliant story on his own." You know, I, that sucks. I think Paul's too nice of a guy because he also got bumped out of writing Arkham Knight, which should have ended the trilogy correctly, but didn't for the Arkham games. I feel like. I don't think Paul's getting his due, and Paul's one of the greats, man. Paul's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of Batman writers. Absolutely, know, so. absolutely. 
Didn't he say not, he like, had not a only did he, Yeah, he did have uh, something in mind, but they didn't invite him back. Like, not only did he create Hurley, this is the guy that created the best Mr. Freeze origin story that there has ever been. Yo, let yeah. me tell you, Poltini uh, has three champ. He has three rings, man. He he got the anim- <laughs> he has the animated series. He has Heart of Hush in comic books, detective, and he mm. has art the Arkham video game series. Three different mediums, man. Triple double. No, 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 man. no. He also has <laughs> the Dark Knight of Batman story. Oh, oh yeah. Which is probably rings, the gra- graphic novel of the year to us. So, and a good friend of ours as well, man. Shout out to Paul Dini. I, I think it's bullshit that they have to say sharing a backup with Jimmy. I think that's just a subtle way of them fixing shop because they think people are finally wise to the gimmick that's been selling for so long. Damn. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> well, you know what? I always told you guys, it's it's more about artistic integrity to a character than it is, you know, the actual books. It's like, I don't, I don't think it would matter what character it was. I think it's, it's the fact that they're just, you know, diluting the greatness of a character for the sake of sales, you know, dumbing it down. But it's, it's yeah. the, like gimmicks don't work forever, so... I'm hoping they just get her back in Gotham in continuity and have some good writers on her, really. And I guess Paul's a good at stuff. least at least she's not a Marvel character because then Marvel would be blaming us for well, if she was a Marvel selling anymore. Well, then we'd have a male Harley walking around. <laughs> but um, but to slide right say into you're welcome. So who watched the um the Bruce Tim um Harley clip for Batman the Batman and Harley Quinn movie? Any of you guys see it? I sent the link. Yeah, I did watch it. that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it looks interesting. Um, it looks like. Batman and Nightwing are using Harley Quinn in this movie to track down Poison Ivy. It's, and we uh, get the Floronic Man. Yeah, we get the Floronic That's pretty badass. They, they're going back with that one. Um, we're in animated series style. I think she has the Jester outfit on. That's pretty cool. Bringing it back to that. Um, I saw that in the clip, it looks like she's about to rape Nightwing or has him tied up or whatever. And right, <laughs> yeah. a, right away, I'm like, man, Bruce Tim, man, you can't make one movie without somebody <laughs> fucking somebody, can you? This <laughs> fucking guy. Hey, and his mullet is gone too. Nightwing's mullet is is uh the '86 to. Yeah, he's uh he's got a little bit more of that uh, emo do going. Now it's yeah. the original voice actor for Robin in uh see the original. Yeah, season. Lauren Lester. Yeah. He, yeah. But to me, he sounds a little. I don't know goofy in the this new one is it just me or does he have no i don't like it either it, he doesn't sound serious when he talks it doesn't does he sound, sound right no. yeah yeah know. interesting uh the voice casting for harley yes uh it's it's not uh tara strong here anymore right. we have melissa rouch i think is how you say it from big bang theory that's so awesome did you see the clip when she was but talking she, about it yeah she she actually sounds really good for the role oh, i love her i, I was yeah. I, I always thought she could do it when watching the big bang theory it was funny when Bruce Tim said in the video, he was like, they brought up her name and he couldn't think of it. And he's like, of course I'm an idiot. I watch Big Bang all the time. She would be perfect. She said she gets the email and like the the header is like a job offering or something. And she saw the word Harley Quinn and she's like, what? What is this? <laughs> like she gets super uh-huh. excited. And I love her like high pitched mousy voice or whatever you want to call that. And um, She does stand up too, I think, with her husband. She's pretty funny. She's a pistol, that's for sure. In the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um yeah hearing her voice harley I, i'm definitely i'm digging it the movie should be interesting batman and harley quinn movie in that dc animated universe the animated series so um obviously we're all gonna see it, it looks fun um if harley does rape nightwing that would make more sense to me than batman sleeping with babs on the uh on the rooftops <laughs> and the killing joke so i guess that's all right. <laughs> that was something mark hamill and kevin conroy talked a lot about it at their panel they did a panel on sunday together <laughs> because mark, mark hamill he said that uh 
he was in London. This was around the time that uh, a lot of the Star Wars Rogue One promo stuff was going around. Mm. Um, they were they were filming sometimes during nights and stuff like that. And he goes, even though you know they didn't want me to show up for these events because that would kind of spoil that I'm in the movie, right? Um, but I still had to do all these things. And um, he was like, you know, when you're filming at night, you don't get home till like four o'clock in the morning. And then I had to turn around and give an interview about Killing Joke at like eight o'clock in the morning. He goes, I hadn't even seen the movie. So I just popped in the, uh, the promo DVD that they gave him and started watching this. And, you know, he goes, now, granted, it's four in the morning for me, and I'm been working all night, and I'm tired. I'm start watching this, and then that scene comes up, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I, he's like, I, "I don't remember seeing that in the script because he goes, you know, when they give you a script for these animated movies like that, they just give you the pages for your parts. They don't give you all the yeah. other stuff." And so he had no idea. He was shocked. Mm. Conroy didn't really say much about it. Of course not. I, like, I, don't, I don't know why people get. Uh so shocked by that we we already know from batman beyond continuity that it happened that's yeah. what i said well i think i think it's the way it went down like she just manhandled manhandles him on the roof she looks really young it's his friend's daughter she's just straddling him he's in the batmobile later she's calling and then then he goes later and i'm like <laughs> what is this like a jersey shore episode or something what the fuck? <laughs> you know so i'm like I, I think just the way it played out was absolutely it's kind of ridiculous but uh you know, just to bang up real quick in, cu- in current comics and continuity, Batman number 20, I Am Bane wraps up. Uh, and uh, it was a doozy. Um, Tom King and David Finch art. My goodness, David Finch art, man. Wow. It's um, best work. Jeez, Batman and Bane going at it in Arkham Asylum. And it was really cool dialogue because it's Batman's re- thinking a lot about his death. And about how he thought he was going to die when he was riding that plane, but made it out. And he's fighting Bane, and he, you know, it, it appears as Bane is building up to kill him. And right at the end, because yeah, because Batman was already battered from the previous issue. Yeah, he's like fucked up already and uh, pretty bad shape. Bane just knocking. It looks like Bane's going to kill him, and he's just going on and on like, "I am Bane." And then Batman says something like, "Yeah, okay," but then he goes, "But." I am Batman and just like rams his fucking head right into Bane's skull and knocks him out. <laughs> kind of kind of a quick um, quick way to wrap it up. But if you look at David Finch's art and how the book plays out, it's really intense, especially in the end part where it looks like it, it, there's it, almost like a flashback scene, but not. It's like Bat- as if Batman died and he's he's Bruce Wayne and he's talking to his mother and he, then he tells his mother that it's not time for him to go yet. He did this because he wanted to save Gotham Girl and no other reason or something yeah. like that. That was really intense. I thought that was a good touch on it. What do you think, Grumps? I know you... Uh... That was a great scene. It was, it was just... He was getting ready to go. Yeah. And he's like, nah, I gotta save him. Right. I mean, and then he puts him down. Yeah, he was, puts uh, him down. Mind you, Bane is pretty much taking out all of Arkham Asylum before this. And then, you know, no, no one's fucking with Bane. Like shout that. out to Cult of the Batman. Because Cult of the Batman said earlier, he, he would get into it defending people uh, on his uh, Instagram account. And in the story, at the very end, Batman says he yep. did it just to defend or just to help yep. Gotham Girl. Yep. So Absolutely. Shout out to, Cult of, shout, shout out to the Cult of the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> 
headbutt. So I'm gonna have to re- I'm gonna have to read that issue tomorrow then because it sounds like, it sounds like a, good, a good wrap up. Oh, the art's amazing as well. I know a place yeah. you could read, man. Anytime you want, you can <laughs> on the toilet. Yeah, on the I toilet. Have <laughs> I have an idea. Um, but as a as a whole, the storyline was so intense. What, like, yeah, it was really intense. Know, Bane is just cutting through the story, like. Yeah, he's he, he was. I, I read part of it, and he was. He's a badass. I mean, really, it reinvents himself as this fucking yeah. Mean, monster. Yeah, powerful, smart badass. This yeah. is not Secret Un- Six Bane. This is unstoppable yeah. Bane. What I think, yeah. why, why I think this happened was, I think Tom King mentions on our show not too long ago, maybe the first time, uh, he said that, I think he he has Tom King asked David Finch. He's like, well, what do you want to draw? What do you like to do? And he mentioned how. David Finch likes to draw like big characters, like big muscular yeah. detail characters. And I think in this this run on this story, I think Tom King was catering to David Finch, David Finch's art, because you could it's mm-hmm. evident with the way Dave drew this, because it's just so badass. Because if you look at the story, not really that much is going on, but uh, the dialogue and the art is what really gets, sweeps you in. And um, they're they're on fire right now. That whole team on Batman right now, they can't do any wrong. They got like the the top 10 I love slot. how I love how Tom King on his Twitter, he'll he'll write, this is literally what I wrote for page six, and it just says something like go. <laughs> yep. I mean he he he's able to laugh at himself. He's he's a funny guy. So Tom Even, Tom King's good at incorporating humor where it's not overdone in the books, where it's 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 subtle and out of nowhere, and it's funny, without trying to be too funny, like that jokerized yeah. burger thing and all that stuff I, I think he has a knack for that i think i mentioned that in the past but um you know what impressed me about him he was also at the dallas comic-con uh, the fan expo this last weekend and um he stayed like late later than any of the other comic writers and i know that you know everyone has their flight schedules and stuff and but he was there i mean i think he closed the place down because i got my stuff signed by him at like five o'clock on sunday but what impressed me the most is that you know, I come up with my books to get signed, and he says, "Hi, I'm Tom. Can I sign your books for you?" Like he asked me if I could, if he could sign my books. And I was like, I was kind of shocked. I was like, uh, "Okay, yeah," because <laughs> I've never had a comic writer do that. Most of the time, you you have to go up to them and ask them. But you know, he was doing that with every single person that came up. He was asking them if he could sign their books for him. That was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. A classic guy. That is awesome. He was writing Grayson, right? Yeah. 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 Everyone was buzzing about that. Grayson. Yeah. Right? His writing on Grayson was great. Oh, yeah. I know you, you guys. Uh, yeah. Pretty... Look, every, he has a list already of just great stuff that he's written. Uh, he he was on every top ten list. The end of this arc, like this I Am Bane, like, that's a story that started in his first issue of Batman. Yeah, yeah. Like the, this this all ties back to that first issue. Judas contract hit animated film, man. The fans through fan demands, they made the Judas contract an animated film right after Justice League Dark. I'm really happy about that. But Grumps, take it away, man, because you pretty much have the book memorized. So, what, <laughs> what, what do you think about the film adaptation? I thought it was good, and it hit you know most of the right notes. Right. Um, they switched around some characters. Yeah, they got Damien in there now, which is interesting. Yeah, Damien was in there, and, and there's no Cyborg, obviously. Uh, Wonder Girl wasn't uh, a focus, so, and she came in, I guess, later or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they hit the right notes. The, the I guess the relationship between Tara and, and Deathstroke that they hinted at uh, 
That was it was more pronounced in the, in the comic, but um, mm. yeah, it was it was a good adaptation. Um, I would say go back and read the comic because I feel like it's one of the greatest comic book stories of the eighties. It was just a, a a graduation of sorts for Dick Grayson in the book. Uh, uh, kind of brought Deathstroke to the limelight as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had handed the Teen Titans their behinds on several occasions and. Uh, Yo, he's... This one, obviously, they came out on top. Yeah, they came out on top, but let me tell you, spoiler alert. In the alert. movie. <laughs> Not in the movie, uh, yeah, he does well. <laughs> yeah, and, and, like, spoiler alert for you guys, uh, Deathstroke whoops Nightwing and Damien's ass at the same time, boy. He got his he got, he got his revenge for Son of Batman, so uh, that, was, that, was, that was crazy, man. Um, so all the characters got, you know, a good amount of screen time, I thought, Raven and... I, Gar, uh, I, I think the structure was really well done. I was watching, yeah. and there was like a build up with their relationships and character build up and whatever. And I was thinking, like, well, it's like an hour and twenty four minutes, so that's a nice runtime for an animated movie. And I was like, all right, you know, the building up, building up. What are we gonna get to? But the way everything ends, it, it was like, oh, it, it was a, a really well balanced movie with action and development and uh, and everything. Um, good movie i really enjoyed it it's cool to see movies like this getting made because of fan demand um because they really wanted it for a long time and uh you know i, I know they took i know you were pissed off about them taking off deathstroke's uh pirate boots and putting on some modern <laughs> boots there, but um but but how yeah even if you even if you're not familiar with the characters to anyone listen I, I highly recommend this movie it's really entertaining i i got through half of uh judas and um i was uh, absolutely 100% into it um I thought that they did a really good job with all the kids like you know having their their personalities be super uh you know involved with each other and uh, an already established dynamic between them um you know I thought it was a little pervy with Tara and Deathstroke (laughs) that was how old is she how old is she you know she's like 15 or 16 but that's straight from the comic though yeah that 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 was I mean Dude, she comes out like full makeup and like that little flimsy nightgown. She's hanging on. I mean, she's like, and he's like, oh, not, not now, later. Like, and so our listeners for these DC animated movies, man, you know, go go pay the six to ten bucks and get them. Put them on your shelf for your rack for your collection, man. Try not to pirate them because if you buy them, they're gonna make more of them, and they're really good. That's what it comes down to. That's what our man, um, that's what the director of Justice League Dark said at uh at the premiere when me Grumps and uh Mesco Mike went to it. They were like, you know. You want more movies? Just keep buying and keep supporting, and um, and we'll, they'll get more movies out to us. And I'm just right now, I'm really enjoying DC animation, and at the rate they're coming at, with the quality they're coming into. So I hope we keep, I hope the success continues, and I know I'll definitely promote it because uh, Judas Contract was a lot of fun. Really like Starfire in it as well. That was a lot of, and it was. If the, you the, like the, the movie, go go buy the book. Yeah, and buy the book. You but know, they should, they what they really should do is um they should release like the two pack like they do at Best Buy sometimes with the. Yeah. The hardcover and the disc. Oh, that's yeah. a, that's a that's freaking awesome to do it like that. You know, it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, and those were great. Get a nice hardcover book and a Blu-ray for twenty bucks. Yeah, we can't. You can't. You can't go wrong. Hey, to wrap it up today, a news. Someone asked Arnold Schwarzenegger if he'd ever consider being a Batman villain again, and he said yes. So, if if Arnold Schwarzenegger was to return to the big screen as a Batman villain, who could he? Who could he play, or who do you think he would fit in as? Uh, no, <laughs> hey, nobody. Hey, 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 
they want me to be in the Justice League movie. <laughs> I, I'm going to be Dark Side. You could be Dark Side. Everyone's saying Dark Side, and maybe he could. I mean, it's star power, isn't it? Because he he can't develop muscle anymore. He's like 70 years old, so it's like yeah. he can't really play anyone serious, you know? So. Sounds like you haven't and learned you from think the that... first time. Yeah. And you think that anyone playing Darkseid is it's probably going to be the same way Steppenwolf is. You know, they're using an actor for motion capture stuff and they'll use his facial expressions and then it's going to be all he's going to yeah. voice over it. Yeah. You got it. That's exactly right. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, there are many guys out there with the uh, with the physical build of Darkseid. Dark but hey, man, that's going to do it for another episode of Bat Force Radio, man. We just want to take a second to thank our good friend Cult of the Batman. <laughs> Stopping by coming back. It's so great. I had a blast. Oh man, you gotta do this more often, man. You gotta, you know, the cult of the bat spirit lives on, the legend. And there's always you got, you know, Grumpy Grumps in the building yeah, for this. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, for Bear Friday Eve, you know, where you're appropriate. Um, <laughs> Here's another hashtag you should never look up. Hey Gotham Dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now. And subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.